Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ron Coomer, Chicago Cubs radio analyst. Unbelievable. 1999 American League All-Star. You might expect Wells to mix his pattern up. I mean, Coomer has owned David Wells. This might work out. The Coom Dog, every week with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always a delight. To talk to our friend Ron Coomer. He's brought to you by Al Pamonte Nissan. Al Pamonte Nissan of Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Ron, good morning. How are you? Morning, Ron. I am doing good morning, David. Bikey, how are you doing? How are you boys doing? Happy New Year to you guys. Right back you at you. It's uh it's a ton of fun to see uh to see uh, the calendar kind of turn and to uh, move ever closer to our uh, our baseball season. I don't know how Cub fans are feeling about everything uh, of late. It's been tough to watch some of the people that uh, have left, some of the guys that are signing elsewhere. The, uh, the pitching staff uh, from last year is um, – it's pretty much gone. I think they've lost 32 of the 60 starts from a year ago, and I and I think Q only had one uh, due to the injury. So uh, that's a guy that uh, has moved on to the Angels. We know John Lester uh, is is in Washington, where he's joining Kyle Schwarber. We know that uh, Tyler Chatwood has, of course, signed with uh, with the Blue Jays, and then you look at you Darvish, and he's uh, been traded. Uh, to to San Diego, what you know, Ron? I think we were expecting there would be some changes, but has it been more pronounced than you imagined, or did you see this coming? Um, I would say more pronounced, definitely. I you don't think anybody, when the season ended, projected and you know, looking out saying, "Well, Darvish is going to be in another uniform." I didn't think anybody felt that way. Um, I do believe everybody felt like in and around the clubhouse that Johnny Lester would be back. Um, I think everybody kind of felt that way too. Um, I think the Chatwood thing was everybody kind of figured he would be gone. Um, same thing with Q. I, I really, you know, with his injury issues and things, I think he felt like Q probably wouldn't be back in a Cubs uniform. So, um but the you know the Darvish one and the Lester one, I, I really felt like everybody thought they'd be back, and and that's a you know stabilizing force to the extreme, right? I mean, you got a guy with some of the best stuff and is really upticking in his in his time with Chicago and Darvish, and then Johnny, you know, being a you know the sign maybe as some people have reported as in free agency in the Cubs history. So you know those two guys being gone, you know, along with Kyle, is you know that's a 
big chunk of your of your ball club that everybody you know was hoping would still be around. Okay, Ron, so we're talking to you today because yesterday, in part, Chris Bryant made some news just in answering a question honestly about how the joy had been robbed from the game and how he had a hard time finding it last season with all the struggles and with all that he went through. I want you to listen to his answer to the question and then your response because as somebody who can identify with, number one, Chris mm-hmm. Bryant from – as well as you know him, and also from the player's perspective. So this is what Chris Bryant had to say yesterday on Redline Radio. Listen, there's a lot of noise right now, obviously, surrounding the Cubs, surrounding you. Like, are you still having fun out there, man? Like, is it still? Um, that's a great question, a really good question. Um, at times, no. At, at times, it really it, 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 got, it, it really got to me sometimes, like just the stuff I was hearing. And I, I think I talked about this a little bit, like 2018, like the first trade rumors that started to pop up, like that really got to me. And then like, I found myself like, man, is this even fun anymore? Like, why did I start playing this game? You know, because it was fun. You know, obviously there's a lot of other stuff involved. Like you make a ton of money and there's fame and all this, but it's like, you got to get yourself back to why I started playing. And like, I just remember my first home run running around the bases. My dad picks me up after around third. I don't even touch home plate, but like, that's the kind of joy that you got to find. And like, I found myself sitting there like, I don't have that joy right now. So it's like, I'm trying all, all I can to kind of get back to that place. And like, I look back on this year, like it was really rough for me personally. So there he is. Um, what's your take? Well, if it's, it's, um, <clears throat> tough to hear sometimes I, I know that i i do believe he's you know chris is one of those guys it's just he's trying to give you an honest answer is basically what he's trying to do and he's doing it not trying he's doing it he's giving you an honest answer and i think for every player that has star caliber in the league the first time you have some failure um might be the first time you've had failure in your life as a baseball player and i think that's what chris chris experienced in 18, and that's when the Cubs were looking to make some moves, and they, you know, were unable to make those moves, whether they tried hard or not. Or, but that's the first time we heard it. And I think for Chris, that's you know, he's a pretty sensitive guy, and I think he's giving you an honest answer. Um, I'm sure baseball wasn't a lot of fun for him last year. Um, have you ever hit 206? <laughs> 206 is not good, and I mean, it's it's that's difficult. And I, I know he wasn't having much fun. You could see it on his face. So, you know, you just hope for his sake that um, he can get himself mentally back in into where he needs to be and enjoying himself and enjoying the game and just having fun with our game. You know, um, because the season he had last year, even though it was it was a struggle for everybody, and then you throw the, you know, the, the season that he had, I mean – you know, you hit 200. He's never hit 200 in his life. And most guys that are in the big leagues that are offensive players never hit 200 in their life. So it was difficult. Um, but it's gotten to a lot of people that same those same conversations about being traded, they've gotten to the Lindors and the Bets and, and go down year after year after year. Those conversations get to people differently. Some people just they adapt to that situation better than others. And I think Chris let it get to him. So you're an older player in the Cubs clubhouse, or you're in your career and somebody mm-hmm. comes to you sounding similarly kind of disenchanted or going through a difficult time where they don't have fun anymore. What is your best advice? Um, first of all, I would say when you're, when you're down in it, 
look around you. I mean, you know, there's a lot of positives to what you're doing out there day after day after day, going to Wrigley Field every day, playing in front of thousands of people other than last year, obviously. But there's, there's just so many pluses to being a Major League Baseball player that you can look at. And I know I'm a glass-half-full guy, but um, there's just a lot out there that are, that are great things that you're doing day in and day out and the way you can impact people and, and cities and, and, and organizations. So that's first. And, and then, you know, I mean, if, if a team's looking to trade you and, you and they're not happy with you, this may be the south side of Chicago guy in me. Don't you want to stick it in their face a little bit, no matter who it is, and, and have the best year ever and, and, and show them that I am maybe the best player in the league if you have that kind of ability? I, I just always looked at it that way. When, when people put you down or kind of, you know, you had some issues of people talking like that, boy, that was motivation for me to, to, to really try to – to even be as a better player than you you were before. It's fascinating to think about where the Cubs are at and how many changes have come, and then look around the division and see they're still in it. You know, nobody has separated themselves in the division, Ron. And when you talk about threading a needle between kind of a rebuild or a reloading, whatever way you want to term it, versus competing – it's almost like the teams around them will allow them to do that. There's no doubt. The, the Central Division and National League has done zero to try to add to being better, better ball club. The Cardinals have subtracted. Milwaukee has subtracted. Pittsburgh has, you know, basically gotten rid of everybody that you've seen the, the names in their lineup. Um, you know, since he's doing the same thing, so. When you when you look at the division, I, I think the Cubs are still favored, you know, in the division. And imagine that, right? With the subtraction the Cubs have made. So um I think Cubs are gonna add one more starting pitcher to who that is. I, I don't know. It might not be a name that anybody knows, but they're gonna add one more maybe veteran guy. But other than that, you might go with what you got. But when you look at the Cubs core and their middle of the lineup, if those guys play even close to what they're capable of. The Cubs are by far the best team in the division right now. Ron, one of the things that came out of the John Lester decision was this idea that, well, you know, they couldn't really bring Lester back. He might be done. And also you have too many soft tossers. You have too many guys like Alec Mills and Davies and, and Kyle Hendricks. You need somebody with more swing and miss stuff. How, how true do you think that is? And how much do you think that might have factored into any thinking as well as far as, you know, John Lester is concerned? Well, the, the Cubs, the Cubs starting rotation as of today is, you know, they very much so are a contact driven, you know, that, that's, they're going to do They're contact driven. They're going to get a lot of outs with balls put in play, but I don't think you can, you can say that about John Lester. I, I whether you, Take him or not, I, you know, I don't know what was said about why they didn't go after John or why they didn't sign him. But to me, I, John's one of those guys that just flat out knows how to pitch. He's left-handed. He's proven that, you know, he knows how to get guys out. And, you know, he's unique. He's a fastball cutter, curveball guy. That's a unique skill from the left side. Um, you know, Andy Pettit was never a power guy, but he figured out how to pitch for years and years and years with basically two pitches. Um, so 
I don't, I don't necessarily know about that with John. Um, now, if they go out and, and keep bringing in um, right-handers that are, you know, 88 miles an hour with a good changeup, that would concern me more. Yeah, you know, I, I think when you talk to people about pitching, you always hear, you know, changing eye level and, and making guys, uh, keeping them from, from knowing what to expect, that kind of thing. I would imagine the same thing applies when you're talking about a baseball series, right? You don't want to go into a town and have similar pitchers every time out because people get used to kind of seeing the same thing, right? So you'd like to have a, a mix-it-up type thing where you're giving them different looks through your staff, and that might keep them off balance over the course of a series. No doubt about it. That is absolutely right, Mike. You're not going to have um, Hendricks and Davies pitch back-to-back days in your division. You're just not going to do that. So you might throw Alzale in there. You might, you know, but... As of right now, you've got three guys. The only thing that's different about Mills than the other two is Mills can get to 92-93, which is different than the other two. The other two are pitching at more like 86-88. That's a big difference from 88-93 to So, in miles per hour. So, um, but you're exactly right. You, you, you've got to have some contrast. You know, and whoever you put in that rotation is going to have to break, in particular, those two guys up in the rotation, so you're not seeing same, 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 you know, three days in a row, that's for sure. You know, Ron, you're in the Chicago Cubs booth, but you are a Chicago guy, so we have to we have an opportunity. We talked to you about the Sox and what's going on there in this offseason. Yeah. So they signed Liam Hendricks. They look like as complete of a team as there is in the American League. What are your impressions and expectations for the Sox as we sort of get within a few weeks of spring training here? I think the Hendricks um, – Move was a was an ideal one for them. He's a I, I've known Liam a long time. He was a twin when he was coming up, and I was broadcasting there. And he he figured out a niche in his game. And when they put him in the bullpen, whoever did that for him, um, he needs to buy that guy a house because he's <laughs> he, he he was an average big league starter, and they moved him to the bullpen where you know some of. You know, the four-seam fastball and elevating and letting it go instead of trying to hold back has changed his career. But I see the White Sox, the only issue the White Sox have is youth, right? I mean, you're, you're looking at some guys that haven't experienced um, a lot in the game yet, and they haven't experienced, you know, people looking at them now like, hey, they're coming after the White Sox. The White Sox aren't sneaking up on anybody now. So they've, they've got that issue that they're going to they're gonna get everybody's A game every day um, when the White Sox come to town, um, they're extremely talented. I, I do. I think the move that was made with, with the backside of the bullpen, to me, separates them now from being very good to just the attitude in the clubhouse is like, boys, we're going after it. We are, we are going to give it a shot. And I think that's what, you know, the Abreus and some of those guys will be preaching to the young players um, in the clubhouse when, they're, when they finally show up to Arizona. You know, we, we've been talking, uh, Ron, just about the idea of having multiple teams that you follow now, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to be watching these Cubs players at, wherever they end up, right? And you certainly are, are monitoring the Angels anyway because of Joe being there. Now you got to keep an eye on Washington, and you'll be looking uh, uh, everywhere just to see how guys do. It's, it's strange 
when you had a team as good as the Cubs did and they were coming up and, and you know, you were just loving everything going on, and now you've got uh, different guys around the league and you're going to be following them in a different fashion. It's just a weird reality. It is. There's no doubt. I, you know, looking at the team in 15, Mike, and, and you, you know, they won some series in the playoffs and, and then you go into 16 where you win the whole thing and you've got these young star players, you know, taking off in their careers and you've got a World Series under your belt and um, to roll forward where they're at now is, is, I would not have guessed that this is where they would be at, but, you know, this can all change if the core of this lineup gets back into, you know, back into playing the way they're capable. You know, I, I just really feel like some of this, some of this approach to hitting has caused, you know, it's just one of those things. I think our game has changed, and I think the pitching has, you know, figured it out, and now the hitters have to have to come back, and I, I really think that's the case for the Cubs. The Cubs got to figure out, you know, how to get back to putting the ball in play and, and doing some things that, you know, make them more competitive in their at-bat, at-bat after at-bat, or else you're going to see more of the same, you know, from the Cubs offense, and that's the struggle. Great stuff, Ron. Great catching up with you. Enjoy your offseason. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Coop. Always, always great to talk to you. Miss you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.